Sorry, go away. like a Bengals fan. Now, what, what 1982 child would not want to walk out to a sermon on Van Halen, all right? My, my day's completed. My name is Ben Seaman, and I serve on staff as lead minister, and we're excited about getting the game Sunday, a completely different kind of Sunday, so relax if like your religion's like you can't throw footballs in a building called a church. We're going to have a lot of fun today. And so one of the things that we believe at RCC is that at RCC, every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday. And so we don't serve uh, just to fill a spot or we feel guilty or our spouse is nagging us to do something religious. We believe that the Lord is providing first-time visitors and families every single Sunday. And for a healthy church to maintain growing and not plateauing or declining, a healthy church has to see first-time visitors that reflect its attendance. So we're a church of roughly about 300, give or take the Sunday. So we believe that we, are, we will see first, uh, 300 first-time visitors and families in the year of 2019, because uh, we're going to be a church that we already are. Yes, you can clap for that. <clears throat> we're, we're, we, are already, we are already this church. We're going to be a church of evangelism. We're not going to care about what color the carpet is as much as how many people we're going to baptize in 2019. And so it's going to take everybody to reach somebody. So I'm excited to introduce to you some of my teammates that join and serve on one of our teams. And now, please welcome your right tackle from Kids Rock, number 12, Jim Woo! <coughs> Did somebody fall? Yeah! Oh, Peter! Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, greeters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yes, give these guys a hand. Yeah. So I, I brought these uh, guys and gals up just to talk about their experience about getting into the game. And so I want to be clear about where we're heading. Uh, we believe that the Lord is, is, is starting a movement here at RCC. We had our highest Christmas attendance uh, in a while, maybe ever. We're praying for 600 people to visit us on Easter. And so how that happens isn't through an eloquent sermon. It's through men and women deciding to get in the game. That the people that served and loved you when you and your family came for the first time, now it's your turn to join a serving team and love the next wave of 300 people that are going to visit RCC uh, in 2019. So I brought these guys and gals up just to talk about who they are and what they do and why they love what they're doing. So I'm going to ask you guys again to just introduce yourself and let folks know what team or teams that you serve on on the weekends. I'm Jenny LaCasse. I serve in the worship band and I also serve in the kids rock team. Awesome. <laughs> Caleb Harmon, I serve upstairs in Kids Rock once in a while. I do communion, and Wednesday nights I do serve with the youth. Woo. Hi, I'm Mike Peters. I serve uh, in Kids Rock. Yeah. Hi, 
I'm Pam Avaloni, and I am a greeter and just recently been asked to lead the First Impressions team. Woo! Yeah! Hey, my Ray. <laughs> my name's Aaron Sell. Uh, I'm the drummer, and that's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the backbone of the worship experience. Yeah. Hey, um, just a fun question. What are, uh, you, I'll ask you two questions. You can answer one or both. What's your favorite sport team and or favorite memorable sport moment? Mine is the Boston Bruins. I grew up watching them with my dad, and I obviously loved when they won the Stanley Cup in 2011. <laughs> awesome. I'm a Red Sox fan, and the 04 World Series does it for me. You know, I became a Sox fan in 03 when they lost it all or <laughs> gave it all away. So when 04 finally came around and they beat the, the hated Yankees, I was uh, ecstatic. So. Awesome. Boston Celtics. Woo! I have to say the Bruins as well, and I loved it when Bobby Orr made that goal. Awesome. And uh, my apologies, I'm a transplant, and I'm a diehard Packers fan. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, I'm, I'm a Bengals fan, you know. Jew, Gentile, it's okay. You're, you're allowed. All right. Um, what made you um, become freaks? What made you come from serving or attending on Sunday morning to getting out of bed early? You know how cold it was? to get out of bed early, to get here early, because you are now on a serving team. What propelled you to move from a row to get in and serving, to get in the game and join a serving team? Like, who in their right mind would ever do that? Um, for me, it was, we were doing a sermon series back in the old church on serving, and mm -hmm. that sort of sparked my thinking, but also because I knew if I signed up to serve that I would be here every week, <laughs> um, and, it, and I wasn't going to let excuses keep me home. I knew I needed to be here, so that awesome. kept me accountable. Cool. Thanks, gents. Uh, you know, the servant role, I, I, this isn't my first church I've been in, so... Um, I served at my old church for a long time, and uh, coming here, I didn't know a soul pretty much, so um, it was hard for me to step out, but, um, you know, it just took a couple encouraging words from Amy Snyder. She's very, a little intimidating, a little <laughs> bit, but uh, no. Um, Good. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, for me, it was a small group with Roger and Lynn Clark. Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about spiritual gifts, and I'm sitting there like a bump on a log and saying, what am I doing? I should be doing something. <laughs> So then I uh, get in touch with Amy Snyder, which is the easiest person to speak to, mm -hmm. and she got me started. True story. With me, I was looking for hope and peace within myself, and to be able to greet and smile and make somebody's day was worth it for me. Awesome. Great. Um, I've been serving actually a long time. Uh, my first serving experience was in 2001, and I could see at the church I was at, they really needed help on the drums, and I could feel like that's probably something you could do, so I did that. And uh, a couple of months later was the September 11th attacks. And because they knew me, they called me and asked me to do this impromptu service for that. And it was really in that moment that it really solidified for me that God had uh, prepared me and put me in that place. And um, I really never stopped serving after that point because I knew that that was what God wanted me to do. Awesome, man. Thanks. So let me, guys, uh, yeah, give it up. You can clap. Let me ask you a relationship question here. Talk about some of uh, the people that you've met, whether adults, students, or kids, that you would not have known had you not been on a serving team. Um, well, I can speak. Just yesterday, I was here at the church setting up upstairs with Amy, and just examples like that, just being here, being present, and helping. Um, you get to know people on a personal level, and I know that I can go to a lot of these people with deep, 
dark things that are going on in my head and, the, and they'll be there alongside me every step of the way. Awesome, great. Yeah, being in the Kids Rock ministry for me, is, you know, relationship with adults obviously is important, but as uh, forming some of these relationships with the children has been awesome. Um, I recently had a mom come up to me and ask me, um, would you be willing to baptize my son if he ever had the opportunity? So, awesome. you know, serving in that amount of time and giving your time like that for, it, you know, it, it, having something like that was, it was just really cool for me. That's great. Uh, same as uh, Jen and Caleb, uh, you meet a lot of nice people and uh, it's a lot of fun. You got to try it. <laughs> so, Again, th as everybody is saying, the same exact thing. It's just the people here are like family. Um, you're never alone, and they've always got your back, and it's just wonderful to be here. Great. I, th I think being at least on the worship team, you, d you get to meet uh, or uh, actually live life with um, the leaders in, in that team and also all of the uh, leadership here. So I think it's, it's an opportunity to really um, – you know, commit yourself to something, and others can see you have that commitment, and it just it has a resonating effect across your life. I think. Awesome. So just one or two people that are willing to answer this question. What, what sort of word or encouragement will you give to someone that um, is kind of nervous about joining a serving team? Maybe they're new, and they're, they're fine with coming in and leaving, and that for a season, that's good for all of us to slip in and slip out as we try to decide if this is the right place for us, but what would you tell someone that is uh, kind of interested, maybe one foot forward uh, and t toes in the water, but are just a little nervous about fully going in and joining a team? I know, I was just going to say, there's something for everybody, really, um, and Mike touched upon this earlier in the service, so I'll <laughs> pass it on to you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or Caleb. Yeah. Um, I struggle with self-esteem a lot, so I just want to say that there is, uh, there's probably not a person in this room right now that doesn't have something to give. If you have that thought going through your head, it's just, it's a, it's a lie from the pit of hell, so. Hey Amen. Good night. We're done. <laughs> it's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks, Caleb. Okay, so I have a different take on being nervous. I think it's kind of good because um, when you're nervous, I think you're caring and you want to do a better job and you right. want to be on top of your toes to do the best you can. So if you are nervous, join the crowd. I'm nervous right now. And <laughs> when you get upstairs, it's only a matter of time before you get to the hang of it and everybody's really great. Great. Like Mike said, it's the same thing. It's nerves, yes, for sure. But everybody here helps everybody else. And you're not alone. And come spend some time with us and shadow us and just see if it's the right fit for you. And uh, let us know if it works. And we'll put you in touch with the right team. Well, I think it's just a brief, really quick way to say it. It's not biblical, um, but it, it goes something like, if you'll never grow if you don't go. Oh, come on. So, come on. Collect that offering again. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, so one more question, guys, uh, for you is uh, just talk about a little bit about the functionality. We talked about sports stuff. We talked about relationships. And so we're going to call people at the end of the sermon to get in the game and sign a card and pick a team to play on. Uh, what are some needs? Maybe uh, one or two or three of you would, would be interested in sharing, probably one or two because of time. Uh, what are some needs that you have in your, in your ministries? As well as want you guys to know that at the end of the service, they'll be back at the tailgate tent to answer any more questions. So maybe, yeah, maybe one person. 
Go ahead, Jen. Um, Mike and I upstairs in the Kids Rock area, we, we definitely need some small group leaders. And like Mike shared earlier, uh, we'll let you come up and shadow us and we'll work with you. And everything is laid out. The lessons are prepped. It's it's really set up for you. So Great. Mike wants to say something real quick and then we'll. OK, real party. quick. Uh, um, I have to mention four people that do, you might say, the dirty work. They <laughs> come one day during a week. And they set up the um, they set up the classroom. Yep. They run off papers. They do a lot of great stuff that people don't know about. Right. So I just want to mention the names. It's Jen Lafleura, Linda Clymer, Phyllis Churchill, and Michelle Convey. Uh, yeah. They All right. And you could be one of those people behind the scenes if you don't want to get out front. Thanks, guys. Give these guys a hand. We, we, you know, as we, as we step into one of our values in 2019 and really be a, a volunteer-led volunteer church, but a staff-guided, staff-empowering church, we could not do it without all of the men and women uh, that, that you ha have just heard. And, and they're regular people, right? Uh, most of them are regular. They're just regular people that love the Lord and want to help uh, first-time visitors get connected and connect in relationship with people that have been here for a long time. I want to share a few thoughts before we um, conclude our time together, and, and, and they're not overwhelmingly like, whoa, I, should have, I would have not gotten that if you not said that, Ben, but practical things, next steps to think about. And the first thing is this, is that getting in the game is a team sport, right? Everyone combined together can reach someone. Everybody working together can reach somebody. I remember when I was talking to a student, when I was a student pastor in Ohio, I said, Corey, man, why do you like running cross country? <laughs> I 15-year-old boy, love it, because it's the only sport I don't have to rely on somebody else to win. Like I, I love that approach, right? But, but how serious do we do that with our own spiritual development, right? Like, slip in, slip out. I'm doing this Jesus thing on my own. I don't, I don't really, like, that's great that the, the preacher's, like, saying, like, you know, get in a group or whatever. I'm going to go home, watch the game, and I'll be back next Sunday. But, but if you think about it, uh, in the scriptures, um, even the rabbis would teach that God is not present till at least three or four rabbis are studying the Torah, the Old Testament, together. Which is why I think Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, Just as a body through one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. So when you step out of the baptistry, you're ready to go to step into ministry. Whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we were given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. Then in verse 27, he says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you has a part of it. We all have a part to play uh, in the Jesus movement. That's why I think getting in the, in the game is a team sport because a Christian life is meant to be lived with other teammates. If you were to ask Paul, what's your personal relationship with the Lord like? He might look at you funny. Because in the first century, uh, the spirituality and growing in our faith was, was often done in the practice with other men and women. Now, yes, there are spiritual disciplines, personal Bible study, reading and prayer that are important. But in large part, the rabbis would teach that unless three or four rabbis are together studying the scriptures, the Lord is not present. We also believe that getting in the game by serving on a team also lifts our eyes from our own personal potential. I'll never forget when I met April at the last church I served at. I was a campus pastor, and she went old school, like 1990, right? Didn't even look online. She passed our campus often enough. She decided to get out of bed, right? This is a big deal, right? If you've been here for a long time, you think Sunday morning is just a natural rhythm, which it is for you. But it's a big deal to get out of bed on your own, 
get into the car and take a risk of going to the church that you pass every single day on your way home from work. It it is a very big risk. And I think a lot of times when churches aren't guest friendly, they assume a lot and say words that people that want to connect with the Lord have no idea what you're talking about. And so I remember she came to the front door. We were chatting. I greeted her. We talked a little bit after service. And she asked me, you know, how do I know uh, if I find the right church? How do I know if I find the right church? Which is a very honest question. And it caught me off guard, right? Because I was hungry. I was ready to go eat lunch. And, and, and I just said, I, I don't know. I don't know how you find the right church. We're all sinners and saints, right? And I said, just keep coming until you get discernment in the other, in, in the other direction. And part of my job as a campus pastor was to know other pastors in the area. So if somebody came to my church and didn't dig it, it was my job from the lead pastor. He would ask me to help them find another church. So we're going to be open-handed here. If, if this does not connect with you, let us help you find another place. And within that year, April went from a first-time guest to joining a serving team to getting baptized to being uh, in a life group. And like had Pam had mentioned to leading our first impressions team uh, with three or four other people. And when I say lead it, I mean lead it, right? The staff, we exist to empower our volunteers. So we're talking about scheduling. They set up their own leadership meetings. They set the agenda for their own leadership meetings. Uh, They they make sure we have coffee and and, and donuts. And maybe that's, I'll I'll just leave that there. Coffee and and donuts. And they they were tenacious. Like their job on Sunday morning was to look for the first-time visitors, right? Like the kids' ministry team there, their job was to look for people that would love to do kids' ministry. Because you want people on your team that think their team is better than any other serving team, right? That passion and that excitement. And before I left to come to New England, she came over for dinner, which I won't talk about because I'm going to lose it. And then she just looked at me and she said, how do I know if I'm at the right church? So keep growing, keep exploring, and keep inviting people. See, when you join a team, the, the, and I appreciate Caleb's heart and his honesty, that, that negative self-talk that you have when you join a serving team, you, you see the potential of what you could actually do be lifted, right? This is why the Lord always says in the Old Testament, look up. Look up, because all of the idols in the Old Testament, the altars were buried on hills, right, at the top of a hill. And so the Lord, uh, the psalmist, writes about the Lord. He says, look up to the hill and look up just higher. There I am. And how many of us through our depression, anxiety, fear of joining uh, a serving team, our own mental health, that we just look inwardly or down to the ground and think, I could never do what the pastor is calling me to do. But that's not true. Everybody working together can reach somebody. Secondly, getting in the game can help you discover your gifts. Notice what uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4-7. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit who distributes them. Did you know that? The role of the Holy Spirit. First, it's a he. It's not an it. It's one of the parts of the Trinity. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does as, as a Jesus follower, and maybe even before that, gives you a sense of how you're wired and how you can serve the Lord. And there are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. There's different kinds of work, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. It's everybody joining together so that we could reach somebody together in 2019. Now, to each one of you, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Three different times, Paul says, different gifts, different gifts, different works, but the same Lord. What does that mean? We are all wired uniquely different, right? And so you may try something 
at RCC and you may hate it. That's fine. We will help you get connected on a team that makes you come alive where you don't feel religiously obligated to do it uh, because you felt guilty your spouse made you do it. In 1 Corinthians 7.7, Paul says, I wish that all of you were as I am, but each one of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift and the other has that. In other words, I think, I hope I'm not taking this context, but Paul was a pretty dominant dude. And so it, it makes sense that he says, I wish you had my gifting, right? Then you could see things from my perspective and the beginning of marital conflict, right? I wish you were wired like me. But here's the truth. I stole this from some preacher, maybe Andy Stanley. The greatest gift you need is the one you don't have. And this is why serving together in the church is such a big deal. Third and final thought. Getting in the game locks the entire team into one vision. Everyone knows their job. Everyone knows their position. Everyone knows what route to run, who's calling what plays. The O-line doesn't get up and go, what did you say, Tom? Boom! Everybody knows their role, and we're all working together. As Tyler mentioned before, and the seat back in front of you is a get-in-the-game card. I'd encourage you to grab that right now. Uh, and I want to uh, make this call to you. As we think about 2019, Easter's around the corner. Uh, you guys have done an amazing job being a guest-friendly church. We, we celebrated almost 500 people worshiping Jesus at Christmas. We believe that it's within our reach to reach 600 people at Easter, but that doesn't happen with, with our current numbers for folks on our team. So I want to encourage you, as you look at this card, if, you're not, if you are not currently serving on a weekend team, uh, to get in the game, fill out your name and email and phone number, and check off a box. At the end of the service, uh, you can stop by the tailgate. We've got donuts for you. Even, even, even if you're already serving, you can grab a donut, because I don't need them. Uh, <laughs> drop off the card, and uh, those that were being interviewed would be happy to talk to you. I, I want to I close the sermon by inviting you to close your eyes. I just want to cast a picture of why getting in the game like actually matters. So go ahead and close your eyes. If you don't feel comfortable doing that in public, that, that's okay. In Revelation 21, 1 through 8, Jesus gives us a promise, okay? You, you can take this to the bank. This is more reliable than your retirement. This is going to happen. It may happen before you even retire. So all that money you saved, you know, it, it's gone. So this is going to happen, friends, and this is why we do what we do. And before I read this verse, I want to encourage you to think about that family, that neighbor, that coworker that is not yet connected to Jesus in a local church. And this is what Jesus has to say to us. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is John describing heaven. For the first heaven and the earth, first earth had passed away. There were no longer any seas. I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully, dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among his people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more death. There will be no more mourning. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. For all of these older things have passed. This is why we make coffee in the morning. This is why we love your kids. This is why we preach. This is why we have worship. This is why I've been strongly compelling you to get in a life group, because there is a day, if you believe that Jesus is who he is, that he is coming back. And he will ask us, what did you do with my gospel? What did you do with the story about my life? And that's not a guilt trip. That's not a guilt trip. 
If it is, I'd love to talk to you about that over coffee. And the way we take more people with us is we get in the game. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for an opportunity to do that, to get into the game. We believe your word that one day this game will go back in the box and the things like Super Bowl Sundays will be a lot of fun, but they will pale into comparison to be in your presence, that I hope that every Christian in this room was ultimately the desire of the deepest root of their affection. Lord, we cannot reach more people if we just maintain status quo, if we just do things like we always have done. You are calling us into a new season, and I pray as your spirit moves in this room that you would compel men and women to get into the game so that we can love and serve the next wave of 300 people over the 2019-2020 season. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.